Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. On April 8th, Mended Little Hearts of Austin, we are going to have our very first ice skating event at a ice skating rink in Cedar Park. And the ice skate rentals are free. The ice can hold up to 300 people. So we're inviting family and friends. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. I am the host of your program. I'm Anna Jaworski, a writer, publisher, and a heart mom to an adult with a single ventricle heart. That's the reason I'm the host of your program. Before we get into the show today, I'd love to read an excerpt from an email that I received. The email said, hi, Anna, how are you? I found your podcast recently, subscribed, and started binging episodes. Wow, you cover so much and talk to so many interesting people. I especially loved your episode with your daughter, Hope. Trans-CHD care is such an important issue to bring to a wider audience. Lee went on to tell me about herself and to ask if she could come on the show. How exciting is that? I just love receiving emails like this one. This kind of feedback keeps me going and makes me even more enthused about what we're doing at Hearts Unite the Globe. Interviewing people like Lee, Hope, Tracy Lavecki, who she mentioned also in her letter, and Dana Henning, who we'll hear from later. That is what makes me look forward to volunteering with this nonprofit. You all might want to check out Lee's newsletter for the CHD community. It's called The Heart Dialogues, and I'll put the link in our show notes. So moving on to today's show, I'm very excited about today's program to feature a dear friend of mine and heart mom. Today's show is entitled Mended Little Hearts Austin, Texas Coordinator Dana Henning. Dana Henning is mother to Evan Henning, who is almost 12 years old. Evan has had multiple procedures and open heart surgeries. His life is very full of therapy appointments, homeschooling activities, and extracurricular activities, such as Special Olympics. Dana is musically gifted. She is a former music teacher and choir director. These days, her time is spent homeschooling Evan and working as a Mended Little Hearts Austin coordinator. She also works with the Parent Faculty Advisory Council at Dell Children's Hospital in Austin, Texas. She serves on the Cardiac Patient and Family Partners team, and her family is a member of the Dell Children's Trust. Welcome back to Heart to Heart with Anna, Dana. Nice to be back here. Good to see you. It's so good to see you too. And I love it that we're using Zencaster today. So we literally can see each other while we're doing the interview, which is so much fun, Dana. Neither you nor I can remember what year you came on this show, but we both agree it was quite a while ago. <laughs> I will dig it out of my archives and I'll put a link in the show notes. But until then, maybe not everybody who's listening to the show today got a chance to hear you when you came on my program before. So can you start by telling us a little bit about Evan and his heart condition? 
Sure. So Evan was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome and five other heart defects. We had a team ready for him when he was born and they decided when he was going to actually transition from the hospital that he was delivered at to Dell Children's, which actually happened at the end of day two. On day three, they did a heart cath. That's when they found the four other heart defects other than what we knew about in utero. So that got us to a total of six. And then on day four, they flew him to Children's Medical Center in Dallas. And that's where he and I basically lived for a good nine months, I think, total. So he entered that hospital on day four. He spent six months in the CVICU. His first open heart surgery, which was a hybrid Norwood where they put bands over the pulmonary arteries to regulate the blood flow to the lungs and to the body. And they put a huge stent in his ductus. And that actually held his heart until he was actually transplanted at six and a half months old. And at that point, they didn't just do a straightforward transplant. It was also reconstruction of his aorta, his pulmonary arteries, and his pulmonary veins. So his pulmonary veins, if you looked at an echocardiogram, they're actually directed to a confluence. So they don't really even look like a normal kid's pulmonary vein area. But nonetheless, all of that has held him. He's 11 and a half years old. On February 24th, we just celebrated his 11th heart anniversary, which is how long he's had his donor's heart. And we're very thankful for the donor's heart and the family for them to make that very difficult decision at a time that I don't ever want to be a part of. But it's allowed my child to live and thrive. He's the love of our life. He's an amazing kid. He's he's really coming into his own as he's gotten older now. He's sarcastic. He's funny. He <laughs> likes to negotiate everything. He's just like any other kid. He's like most of our heart kids. You don't really look at him and see that there was ever anything wrong unless you see his shirt off and you see the scars on his chest. Wow. Yeah, he's amazing. I've had the good fortune to meet with Evan and Dana in person because she is right down the highway from me in Texas. So that's been a lot of fun. But I can't believe how big he's gotten. I haven't seen him in person in a while. And I was looking at your Facebook page and some of the photos of him. And I was just amazed at how big he's gotten. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about why you chose to homeschool Evan? That was forced on us, if you want to put it that way. So the pandemic hit when it did. When the pandemic hit, he was going to public school here in Bastrop ISD. He had been there since he was three years old. He is also hard of hearing. So he was part of what they call the regional day school for the deaf program. And that's the pre-K that he went to for pre-K three and four was to learn sign language and to be a part of that program. He repeated kindergarten twice because he was delayed. We found out when he was five and a half that he had ADHD and also autism. So that added to the myriad of diagnoses that we already had. Well, just like every other family, when the pandemic hit and they made everything virtual, they needed some help. <laughs> it wasn't exactly the best virtual type of learning, but we just, if you want to say, hobbled through those next couple of months until school ended, expecting that when school started the next year, that they would have a little bit better handle on virtual. And during that time, a couple of years previous to that, we had actually taken him out of the regular ed classroom and put him into life skills because he couldn't handle 20 some kids in one classroom and the life sure. skills setting was better. It was a lower adult to kid ratio, teacher kid ratio, paraprofessional, however you want to term it. So it just worked better for him behavior wise. He wasn't overstimulated all the time. But then as we 
got into the virtual the next year, we realized how much he really wasn't learning. That it was in third grade at that time in the public school. And there were so many holes in his learning. And I knew that mostly because I'm a teacher. And I started seeing what they were doing and what they weren't doing. And they had never sent home homework. They never gave us work to work on. I asked what his reading level was. They couldn't tell me. So it was just okay. So we fast forward through that year that was just, again, a hobble, if you want to call it, through his education. And the following year, Bastrop ISD, where he was going to school, decided that they were no longer going to offer virtual as an option for the families. And so the pandemic being that it was still pretty strong at that point, they weren't going to require teachers to wear masks. They weren't going to require children to wear masks. And with him being a heart transplant recipient, he's always immune compromised. So we didn't feel it was safe to send him to school just because we hadn't had COVID and we just didn't want to take a chance on him catching it. So at that point, we just basically had to figure out what are we going to do? Are we going to homeschool? I talked with lots of my friends in the community that homeschool. I'm like, what do you use? What's your program? I had already ordered a program, The Good and the Beautiful, which is a fantastic program, but it's a lot of coloring and stuff like that. Evan could care less about but the content was good. So I used that to figure out where his holes were. And then we found Living Legacy Academy, which is based out of Florida, but they're Texas accredited. Because we couldn't get into K-12. We couldn't get into Connections Academy. Everybody was full. Nobody could add any other people on. So we basically were trying to figure this out. So we joined them. And with Living Legacy Academy, you can do parent-led or teacher-led, or you can do combination of the two. So we decided to do teacher-led for last year. When I tested him, I said he tested second grade. I realized he's already completed the third grade in public school, but can he do second grade with your school? And they said, absolutely. So that's where we started filling in the gaps that he had. And he had a really good teacher last year. She worked in conjunction with me. He had a really good school year last year. And then you fast forward to this year and we just, I decided being a teacher, I'm like, I'm just going to take in and do all parent lit. And so that's a different program with Living Legacy Academy still. And I had already decided at this point in time that I wanted to do a different program for next year. I just wanted to be a little bit more full of, like, he's not doing spelling. He's not doing any writing, things like that. And he's doing third grade work this year. So anyways, so we've done homeschool now for, this will be our second year. We really like it, but we also have learned that there's other options that I just found out about actually yesterday in our community that I'm pursuing just to see if that's a good fit for him and for me. It's all about him. So whatever it takes for him, whatever works best for him is what we'll do. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions expressed in the podcast are not those of Hearts Unite the Globe, but of the hosts and guests. 
and are intended to spark discussion about issues pertaining to congenital heart disease or bereavement. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Dana, we learned from the bio that you have a heart for serving others. So let's talk about Mended Little Hearts and an event that you have coming up in April 2023. Okay. On April 8th, Mended Little Hearts of Austin, we are going to have our very first ice skating event at a ice skating rink in Cedar Park. One of our heart moms, I'm going to give her a call out, Brittany Brown. She's fantastic. She actually got the ice skating rink to offer it to our group for free and the ice skate rentals are free the ice can hold up to 300 people so we're inviting family and friends that's our plug for what we've got coming up and then my reason for getting involved with Mended Little Hearts whenever Evan was impatient in Dallas that was August of 2011 in October of that same year Mended Little Hearts of Dallas was formed and they actually held their meetings at the hospital so those of us that were impatient could actually go to their meetings. And that's where I learned about the support, and the fact that they're a support organization and also that they're a social organization. So that was my very first moment of learning about Mended Little Hearts. And then when I was coming back home, some people were like, hey, why don't you start up a Mended Little Hearts in Austin? I'm like, I'm not a startup person. That's like, not my thing. I will jump in whenever somebody else starts it out, but I'm not a startup person. So... Mended Little Hearts of Austin actually started as Milagros, and it was started by the Hart family. It was started by me. (laughs) (laughs) Believe it or not, Jane Hunt and I started Milagros over 20 years ago when it was Brackenridge Hospital. It wasn't even Brackenridge Children's Hospital. It was just Brackenridge. Later, Brackenridge changed to Brackenridge Children's Hospital, and we actually had a nurse who was the coordinator who ran that. And then she got pregnant and had a baby. And I moved to Florida, but it kept going. It had enough momentum. It kept going. I was so happy when I got back from Florida to hear that it had been taken over by Mended Little Hearts. You didn't know we had that connection, did you? I don't think I did. But we had been a part of Milagros when Evan was about two years old. But the thing was, is most of the people in Milagros, their kids were like 10 years old at that time or, or even older. So a lot of the stuff they talked about doing didn't fit my two-year-old. What did that make right. sense? So I yeah. just stayed in touch. And then when they switched to a different name and then they switched to Mended Little Hearts of Austin because Dell Children's Medical Center wanted to recognize something that was nationwide. That's why it became Little Hearts of Austin. I can't even tell you how long ago that was. I want to say probably six years ago, maybe five, six years ago, being that Evan's going to be 12 this year. So that's about right. And so when I jumped in, we already had a coordinator, our Mended Heart person, Catherine Larson was co-coordinator and Dana Kirk was co-coordinator with her. And we still had Molly Drasick and, and Kristen Gordon and all of those that were part of Milagros, whose kids are high school and college at this point. And anyways, I jumped in and tried to figure out where I would fit best. And I decided to become a volunteer at Dell Children's Medical Center so that I could visit the cardiac patients. And so I was the visitation director to begin with. And then I think it was at the San Antonio symposium they had. And I think we've got pictures. I've still got those pictures up on my wall, by the way, 
of us. And, and somebody mentioned something about Dana taking over being a coordinator. So I thought about it and talked with different ones and became co-coordinator. And then Dana Kirk decided to step down. She's got a lot going on with her two kids. So I took over as coordinator. And I'm super excited this year because at our volunteer meeting in January, we had a good amount of people that showed up. Finally, it's like trying to pull out of the pandemic, trying to get this cart rolling with the square wheels, like literally trying to get this done. The thing that I didn't foresee in this meeting was I invited the teenagers to come because I wanted to see what they wanted to do. Because we've got teenagers, we've got 10 and 12 years old, we've got five and six-year-olds and we have babies. So trying to span that entire age group have something social-wise that would fit everybody is really difficult. But what was beautiful at that meeting was we had four teenagers that were CHDers with their moms on one end of the table. And at the other end of the table, we had a couple of moms whose CHDers are like five, six years old. And these parents of the five and six-year-olds are just in awe of the teenagers. And there was this camaraderie that started and it was just beautiful. It's nothing I could have ever planned for. And the parents of the younger kids are in tears. The parents of the teenagers are in tears. Everybody's just like loving on everybody. And then Dana Kirk's daughter, I'll give her credit for this. Um, Devin actually decided, she's like, hey, can we create a pals group in our group? She says, so that those of us that are teenagers can pair up with somebody that's younger and we can just mentor them. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Let me check this out. So we're actually in the midst with Mid Little Hearts National to get a training program so that our teenagers can take this training program and become pals to and mentors to our younger CHDers. That's awesome. This, yeah, it's just amazing what came out of that meeting. I was completely taken aback because it's been a long couple of years with this pandemic and doing Oh Zoom my gosh. Absolutely. That nobody wanted to jump on, that sort of thing. Let's talk about some of the other programs that Mended Little Hearts offers because I was at that conference. Like you said, we saw pictures of us. Oh my gosh, we had so much fun at that conference. And we took all crazy pictures. But I think that was the first Mended Little Hearts conference that I went to. And it's actually called the Mended Little Hearts Symposium. Isn't that right, Dana? I think so. Yeah. And so that was the first one that I attended. And I was just blown away by all the different programs that Mended Little Hearts offers. So can you talk about some of the different programs that Mended Little Hearts offers? I'll be honest, ever since that symposium, things have even grown up more than what they were then. We're connected with Dell Children's Hospital, not necessarily exclusively, but we are right now. So I was a visitation director, so I was visiting the families that were inpatient once a week. Well, then, but you're not the only one that does that. I seem to recall at that conference that there were other people and that you all offer training so that the parents could go in and could visit. And they were very careful about what they talked about. They were trained to know what to do so that they didn't trigger the parents and so that they were really helpful. Isn't that right? Yeah. You go through visitor training to be actually titled as a visitor. And you have to get a certification and that sort of thing. And that's training that's put on by Mended Little Hearts overall, the national program. So they've got three different groups now. There's Mended Little Hearts that's for pregnant to 18. 18 to 50, I think, or 55 is Young Mended Hearts. And then from 55 and up is Mended Hearts. But Mended Hearts is always the parent chapter of everything. So you have to go through the visitor training, whether you're actually 
visiting people in the hospital or just talking with them on the telephone or emailing them or just any kind of thing like that. You want to make sure that you're following HIPAA laws and things like that. So they're very good about training and being very specific about listening and not necessarily interjecting your experience unless it's asked for, things like that. So they've got that going on that's super cool. Unfortunately, the new cardiac group at Dell does not allow us to visit patients anymore. That's been going on since before the pandemic, but it was a little bit of a disappointment, but it is what it is. And then they also have a peer-to-peer where if somebody has a kid that has a congenital heart defect, they can be matched up with somebody that has a similar heart defect. And in the peer-to-peer also, there's training with that too, so that you know what to say and what not to say. And again, follow HIPAA laws and that sort of thing. But I've actually had people that I know in my area that I didn't know were heart kids initially who have had children that have paired up with peer-to-peer. And then there's also, if you go on to mendedhearts.org is the national website. And if you go to that website, there's just a ton of information. They've got recordings when they've had people talk about valve replacements, the technology that's available now that they can do that they couldn't do 10 years ago. You can look at various different programs via location of wherever you are in the United States to find something that's close to you. There's just a bunch of information out there that's just super, super good. They also have a bereavement group, and that's for parents that have lost children to CHDs or for whatever reason that had a CHD. They've got angel boxes that they can be passed out to the parents. And there is actually a group for the bereaved parents. That's something that I think has been new in the last, say, five or six years, that they've really put a lot of emphasis on just to make sure that those parents are supported too. So there's a lot of support pretty much along the whole lifeline of a person that has a congenital heart defect. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect or CHD community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. I loved going to the symposium in San Antonio and meeting with you. And then I went to a couple of other symposiums. I went to at least another national conference for Mended Little Hearts. And then the pandemic hit and all of that shut down. Are we going to start seeing information about another Mended Little Hearts symposium, Dana? They actually did symposiums online during the pandemic. So we did everything on computer. They had stuff where you could, kind of like Zoom meetings, if you want to call it that. And so you could jump on. It was just like a symposium. It was just online. So that was perfect for the last couple of years. This year, 
They had one scheduled actually in person, and it was going to be in Georgia, which is where the new headquarters is. But they didn't have enough people sign up, so they canceled it. So I'm not exactly sure if that's going to be one that's going to be online or what they're going to do. I haven't heard an update on that. Oh, I'm I didn't know anything about that because I would have signed up. Depending on when it is, I would have signed up to. Well, honestly, I didn't realize that they had to have enough people sign up by a certain time. So then all of a sudden it's, oh, we don't have enough people. And it was actually a pretty decent price considering it was very reasonable, very reasonable to go. You had to get there. But other than that, the lodging was very reasonable and everything. But I guess they just didn't have enough participation. And honestly, that far out, I'm not going to know if I'm going. So I don't, it's hard, yeah, to, that's it's hard to sit here and say. Because it's usually in August, isn't it? I seem to recall that we were there. And, no, it was on my birthday. It was in July. I remember when we were in San Antonio, you guys sang happy birthday to me. <laughs> and so, birthday. Yeah, it was July 15th is my birthday. And I remember no, my, my that, that, the day after. Yeah. So I remember that they sang to me. I can't remember. Did they sing to you too, Dana? Oh, girl, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> it was several years ago. I don't get you now. So I'm like. I know, right? <laughs> It is what I'm it is. so bummed that they're not going to have it in person because I'm not a huge fan of virtual conferences. I stay so busy that to try and do a virtual conference, it's really hard. I end up getting so many interruptions, even if I block it out on my calendar that I want to attend a conference, it's really hard. I would much rather travel someplace because then I have fewer interruptions. I would agree with that. Yeah. Plus, I like to be able to give my friend Dana a hug. I like to be able to see you guys and see your faces, not just on a screen. It's not the same. It's just not the same. So anyway, give them feedback that Anna Jaworski would love to see them have a national conference again. And it would be nice if we could all get past all of the COVID stuff. But I think COVID is part of all of our lives now forever. I don't know if you know this, but they give out awards at every symposium and Dell Children's Medical Center actually got the regional hospital award for this last year. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was the recipient of one of their awards one year and it meant so much to me. It meant so much to me to be recognized by Mended Little Hearts because I do work with you all in a variety of ways and I've had so many of your regional coordinators and some of the people that are even higher up than that come on the show to talk about Mended Little Hearts. I feel what you do for the community is huge. And I like to be supportive of what you're doing and your bravery bags. You want to talk a little bit about the bravery bag program? I know that not every single chapter uses them, but it is something that a lot of your chapters use, right? Yes, our chapter, that's the one thing that has held strong through the entire pandemic. And what a bravery bag is. It's basically, it's a bag that Men of the Little Hearts provides. And they can provide up to 30 every month. And they also send you wristbands and also pens. And so what we put in our bravery bags are personal items for both adults and for children. Because the bravery bags intended to go to people that are going through surgery or happen to go into the emergency room with their kid. And then all of a sudden they found out their kid has a CHD and then all of a sudden they're in the hospital and they weren't planning on it. So it's something for them to fall back on. We put full-size shampoo, conditioner, Dove soap, full-size toothpaste, 
toothbrushes, a stuffed animal for the child. They put adult puzzle books like Sudoku, crosswords, that sort of thing. And then also crayons and coloring books for the kiddos. During Christmas, we always put like fuzzy socks in and lotion and stuff like that. And then we also put in a spiral notebook or a composition book, Kleenexes. I think what else? Pretty much just a variety of things. Sometimes people donate items. So sometimes they have different things in them because people donate different stuff. But for the most part, I take 12 of them at a time up to Dell Children's Medical Center. And when they need the next 12, they let me know. And we've kept that going literally through the whole pandemic. And then we also have a treasure chest that's in the cardiology clinic at the specialty pavilion that is full of basically those little to-go packs that they have with like crayons and color books and things like that in them. And then also puzzle books for teenagers and then composition books, things like that, and then pens and stuff. And then we also have during heart week, which is one of my favorite times, we actually put together heart bags. And so that's just basically, again, it's whatever's donated, but basically also it's full of all kinds of little heart goodies. We try not to make it valentine but there's all kinds of heart stuff that people donate. So there's usually a stuffed animal of some sort. We had like color street nails. We had all kinds of different stuff that people had donated that went into the heart bags. So we handed out 30 heart bags this year during wow. heart week. That's amazing. I love it. See, I just think that what Mended Little Hearts is doing for the heart community is so important because it's so easy to go into the hospital. Sometimes it is in an emergency fashion. You don't really have any time to be prepared. That's the way it was for me. We went to a two-month baby checkup with me saying for two months something was wrong and then them finally saying, oh, yeah, something really is wrong. We're admitting him. And the next thing I know, we're in an ambulance going to San Antonio. I had no time to pack a bag. I didn't have a toothbrush. I didn't have toothpaste. I didn't have anything like that. So it would have been nice to have received a little bag like that and some fuzzy socks or something just to let me know that somebody cared. Because I think that's one of the things that's so hard when you're thrust into that brand new position of being a parent in the ICU. It helps to know that somebody's there, that somebody cares. Don't you think, Dana? I think so. I know we get a lot of people that they're, they appreciate the bags. You get so many different things in the hospital, but the bags can be reused because they're definitely something that can be used at any given point. The thing that I really enjoy these last several years is that Evan helped me pack those bags. And then he Aww. helps me to deliver them. So it's our way of him giving back. So that's really a neat thing for me. And it warms my heart to see him getting excited about it. Oh, I just love that. I can't believe our time is up already. It has just flown by. Thank you so much for coming on the program. But before we close, please tell my listeners one more time where they can get more information about Mended Little Hearts. Okay. You can go to www.com mendedlittlehearts.org or you can do www.mendedhearts.org either one will get you pretty much to the same location and when you click on that you can pick the area that you live in and it'll let you know what groups are in that area okay great and how can people find out specifically about your ice skating event we post everything on our facebook page and it's under mended little hearts austin and you have to ask to be a part of that page, and that's fine. This event that's coming up on April 8th, it's going to be friends and family. So if you're a heart family and you'd like to be a part of it, 
and you want to bring your kid's best friend and their family, you're welcome to do that. I love it. I love it. If people have any questions, is there an email address they can use to get more information? Absolutely. They can email our group at mendedlittleheartsaustin at gmail.com. Perfect. And I'll make sure that I put that in the show notes as well, my friends. So if you're on your exercise bike or driving around town, I don't want you to worry about picking up a pen and paper. It will be in the show notes, which is the description of the show. Thank you so much, Dana, for coming on the show and talking to us about your upcoming event and sharing with us a lot more about Mended Little Hearts. Thank you very much. That does conclude this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today. Please send me a note on Facebook, Instagram, or at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. If you have an event you would like to promote, and I'll ask my webmaster to put a calendar on our website listing current events. I always love hearing from you, my loyal listeners. Have a great day, and remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have become inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart community. Heart to Heart with Anna with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard at any time, wherever you get your podcasts. A new episode is released every Tuesday from noon Eastern time.